The most important stretch of the season for the Memphis Grizzlies is about to begin, and they start that run with a tough loss at home against the Toronto Raptors, a Raptors team newly retooled after the OG Ananobi trade, and yet, despite great scoring efforts from Desmond Bain, John Morant, and a strong fourth quarter from Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizzlies are not able to get things done. Is it the roster around those three? Is it Taylor Jenkins? We're going to talk about all that and more. On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, lock in with you are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, ahoy, ahoy. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Grizzlies. And sorry if I maybe made you feel uncomfortable like I was mad at you specifically uh, earlier in the show. I apologize for that. Hopefully you're still with me here. The frustration is going around the fan base because they know what's at stake. They know what's coming in the next couple of weeks. And if they don't know, they will after this episode of Locked On Grizzlies because we're going to break down the schedule ahead for this team. and. Considering they're getting into a part of the season where they got to start making the choices, whether or not they're buyers or sellers as the trade deadline approaches, they have a really tough stretch of games coming up that is going to potentially make that decision for them. But before we get to all that, we're going to break down front and back, side to side, the Grizzlies lost to the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday night on this edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Monax, once again, flying solo to Michael Cole doing his duty over as the beat writer for the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He should be back with us to close out the week for our Friday episode. Looking forward to talking this game this week, uh, the current struggles that the Grizzlies are having, and then again, this massive stretch of basketball coming up for the roster. All those fun things we'll rehash with the Michael and talk a little bit more about his in-person experience, talking with the players, all that sort of stuff. But I'm your host, Joe Molinax. For this particular edition of the show, and I appreciate you coming along on this ride with me. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. We are proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, however you take in your podcasts. We appreciate you being part of our journey through this NBA season here on Locked On Grizzlies. Again, we're inching closer to that 3,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Thank you to everyone, whether it's the first time you're checking out the show, whether you're an everyday, every day, or excuse me, with us every time a new episode drops. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. And I know to Michael Cole, my co-host, feels the same way. Uh, I don't feel the same way right now about the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I really don't feel the same way when it comes to the supporting cast around the Memphis Grizzlies. This would have been associated as well with Jaron Jackson Jr., who on yesterday's show, we talked about how he had a really tough outing, even though Memphis beat the Spurs. It wasn't a great offensive performance for Jaron. In the first three quarters of the Raptors game, it was going the same way. For Jaron Jackson Jr., really inefficient scoring the basketball, but he caught fire in the fourth quarter, helped spark a run for Memphis because the Grizzlies were down uh, a, a pretty strong amount. They were down 18 or so points 
uh, going into the final quarter, something along those lines. And the Grizzlies make a run. Again, it was 35-23 to 23 in the fourth. Memphis loses by five to the Toronto Raptors. And a major reason for that push was Jaron Jackson Jr. So he got himself out of the doghouse, metaphorically speaking, uh, with that performance. Desmond Bain and John Morant had strong games throughout the contest, right? All four quarters, strong performances. Jaron had a really strong fourth quarter, again, to his credit. Um, Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr., for the first time, they were 7-0 before the Toronto Raptors game when the Grizzlies had their three best players, Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr., all scored 20 or more points. And this particular contest, contest, excuse me, they combined for 74 total points between Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr. The Grizzlies scored 111. So you do the math. That means that they really struggled mightily in other aspects in the pieces surrounding Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr. And that gets even worse when you find out, if you didn't already know, that Zaire Williams scored 18 points off the bench in this game, one of his best games offensively of the season. He still had some defensive lapses, one of the reasons why he scored 18 and was still a minus one in the game. But he deserved to close the contest as Memphis got hot. He was a key component, making buckets, taking tough shots, putting them down. And also with his 6'9 frame, when the Grizzlies go small now with that Morant, Bain, Smart, Jackson Jr. you know, combo, with Williams makes sense, Zaire does, just like Vince Williams did when they did it with him against the Spurs. Boy, did the Grizzlies miss Vince Williams Jr. in this contest, his defensive prowess at least. But again, that is 18 points, 18 points from Zaire Williams that you're certainly not expecting to get. You are expecting to get better contributions, especially offensively from Luke Kennard, who in 19 minutes played was one for five from the field, 0 for four from three. This is a game that the Grizzlies needed. And to me, that is one of the major differences. And I want to stress that right now because Parker Fleming, I love Parker good friend of mine, one of my uh, longest working and running relationships covering this team. Parker, who is even more optimistic than me, pointed out when I pointed out the fact that Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard shot a combined three for 15 from the field against the Raptors and had more turnovers combined than made buckets combined, said that that's not going to last. And maybe that's true. The odds of probability work both ways, right? Statistics, you regress to the mean, and you can also progress to the mean. Not disputing that at all. But these are two guys that are paid well, right? Roughly $32 million combined between these two. These are not rookies. If you saw David Roddy have this kind of a shooting night, if you saw Zaire Williams have this kind of a performance, a Jake LaRavia, a John Conchar, maybe you write it off and say, eh, those guys aren't particularly good anyway. That's about what we expect. You do not expect that from Marcus Smart. You do not expect that from Luke Kennard. Do you expect Marcus Smart to score 16 points a night? No, absolutely not. Do you expect him to do better than two for 10 shooting? Absolutely. And if you don't expect better, then why is Marcus Smart here in the first place, aside from his defense and leadership, which of course are important. But if he's a starting basketball player in the NBA, he's got to do more than what he did offensively against the Toronto Raptors. If Luke Kennard, who I, perhaps foolishly, and injuries have derailed this a good bit, saw as a sixth man of the year, potentially, 
he has to be able to score at a better clip than he did against the Toronto Raptors, a game that the Grizzlies need. There is no more time. It doesn't exist. Tick-tock, it's over, it's out. They have to start winning now. And this was a game against a Raptors team who had just completed a major trade that shook up their rotations, trying to integrate new starters. This was an opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies to pick up a much-needed win, and they failed. And one of the major reasons they failed is two guys that I have been on the show talking about for weeks, if not months. We cannot make a determination about what the Memphis Grizzlies are until we see Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard on the floor with Bain, Jackson Jr., and Morant. Early returns are not looking promising, especially in games that the Grizzlies have a chance to realistically win. Because we're going to talk about later in the show, how many games are the Memphis Grizzlies going to be favored over the next two weeks? I would estimate maybe one. Maybe one between now and January 20th. One time they'll be the favorite. So realistically speaking, we could be talking about a Grizzlies team that's 12 and 29 a week after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And if they're 12 and 29, folks, this, this is over. It's done. They're not making a run coming out of that. It's extremely unlikely. This is the time. It's now. And this Toronto Raptors win was there for the taking. They could have done a much better job executing, and they didn't. Their energy was poor. It was the second night of a back-to-back, -back, but it was a home back-to-back. -back. They slept in their own bed. They didn't have to travel. This was a missed opportunity, and it starts with the guys that you're counting on to be productive. For better or worse, you can't count on David Roddy. You can't count on John Contrary. You can't count on Jake LaRavia. You can't count on Zaire Williams, even though he was one of the ones that actually helped offensively. Can't count on those guys anymore. Got to count on Marcus Smart, though, if this is going to happen. Got to count on Luke Kennard. And if those two aren't doing it for you, what are we talking about? A team that's not going to make the play in. That's the reality of it. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we are going to talk about how Taylor Jenkins might have gotten outcoached by his, uh, his former assistant when the Raptors came to town in Memphis. We're going to talk about that chess match that uh, Coach Darko seemed to get the upper hand on, at least to this eye, uh, on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. We will talk about that next. But first up, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a wonderful service that does so much to help you be a better you. And this is the time of year for that, right? It's 2024 now, New Year's resolutions. Are you already crushing it in 2023? Are there things that you want to get better at? Around this time, we get obsessed about how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. There's so much that's already good about you. And of course, we all have ways that we can improve and BetterHelp can help you along that process. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made and continue that journey towards a better you in 2024 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins, outcoached by Darko in his return to Memphis. Maybe so. Stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, your host for this episode, flying solo once again, missing DeMichael Cole terribly, as I always tend to do when he's not around. But he should be back on our Friday edition of the podcast, closing out the week together, previewing a couple of pretty important games for Memphis between the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. Goodness gracious, two teams that have title aspirations that are falling short as well at this moment, right? In a better spot than the Grizzlies are in and relative to the play-in possibilities. But still, with the Oklahoma City Thunder rising, with the Minnesota Timberwolves rising, you have you're going to naturally have some fallers. And the Grizzlies, unfortunately, have been the worst of it so far this season. But the Lakers and Suns are not that far behind. Those are still going to be two tough games for this team. We're going to talk more about that later. In order for the Grizzlies to do better, beyond just Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard making more shots, as I alluded to earlier in the show, they're going to have to get more out of Taylor Jenkins. And if you have followed my work you know, as a writer over the last decade, uh, you know, checking out over at Grizzly Bear Blues in the past, Bluff City Media, whatever the case might be, coaching matters, right? I'm not one of those guys that writes off coaching in the National Basketball Association. I do agree that in basketball, it's probably the least important thing. If you got two or three dudes, usually Grizzlies currently excluded. Uh, if you got three guys that are all-star caliber players, you're usually going to be pretty good, right? As long as the other pieces around them are competent, as I alluded to earlier against the Raptors, that wasn't necessarily the case. Basketball, it matters less just because there's less people involved on the court as opposed to soccer, football, any other sport where there's more bodies and pieces moving around each other. But Coach Darko comes back. Rajanovich from Toronto, new head coach for them, formerly an assistant for the Memphis Grizzlies. So much credit given to him in terms of the development of Santi Aldama, Desmond Bain, and other Grizzlies players over the last few seasons. He comes back and, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, R.J. Barrett, new to the team, Emmanuel Quickly, new to the team after that OG Ananobi trade to New York. Should have been an opportunity for the Grizzlies to pick up a win. And of course, they stormed back in the fourth quarter, as I mentioned earlier, and they did have a chance. They missed some shots late. The Grizzlies could have pulled this off, but they didn't. The reality is the Grizzlies were down by almost 20 going into the final quarter. And I think at some point, while the guys on the court matter a heck of a lot, shot making matters. It's a make or miss league. You hear that all the time. Coaching matters too. And I think especially when it comes to rotations. Taylor Jenkins struggled mightily against the Toronto Raptors. I didn't fully understand working with John Conchar and David Roddy in the first half and then going away from them in the second. I did not fully grasp when you saw that Luke Kennard was not making his shot. He didn't have his shot. Why you didn't give Conchar in particular, who looked okay at times in the first half, why he didn't get more of those minutes. I struggled with that. And I'm arguing for John Conchar. You know I'm down bad, but I'm in that state. So I really do wonder if this continues to go sideways, and we'll talk more about it, not just later on in the show, but over the next few weeks, of course. 
if we're talking to one another at the end of January and the season is lost, that's possible. We are in the end game right now for whether or not Memphis is a realistic play-in pushing team or not. If DeMichael and I sit down three or four weeks from now and we wonder what in the world went wrong, there's no way that you can look at this Grizzly season and not place some of the blame for what's occurred at the feet of Taylor Jenkins. And a postmortem on this could be several episodes, right? Whether it's Zach Kleiman, the Grizzlies GM, not doing what he should have done in terms of having a backup plan for Steven Adams if he wasn't able to go. Clearly, they thought he was going to play. That's the only way that it makes sense for them to do what they did and not have that plan be in place. They didn't. They did not, beyond Marcus Smart, go out and get additional veteran wing depth, be it in free agency, mid-level exception, another trade to kind of consolidate things. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They laid down a bet on their developmental skill, and for the first time, pretty explicitly, maybe you make an argument last year it was the case as well with Zaire in particular, but it's clear as day this year. The development system has failed for the first time. Okay, again, if you want to say second time, because you can have that conversation in the comments. For me, it is a clear and present failure right now. You cannot count on any of those guys on a night-in, night-out basis. And it's unfair to Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard. Hell, it's unfair to John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. They can't have the types of nights that those top three and the type of fourth quarter that Jaron had. That can't happen every night. They're human beings. They're not going to be at that level each and every game. There has to be some sort of support system that picks them up, that is able to continue the energy and continue the process. That's not there right now. So Zach Kleiman deserves blame for that. But the pieces that are in play, I've been patient. I have said, let's see what this team looks like when they're as healthy as they're going to get. We're there. Sorry, I don't count Derrick Rose being out as a detriment. I just don't. DeMichael Cole might. I know there's folks in the comments that are his fans and bless you, right? Whatever gods may be. But Derrick Rose is not saving the season. And as good as he's been, neither is Vince Williams Jr. The rotations were strange. The defensive strategy, as strong as the defense has been at times, was off. The inability to get your team out and transition defensively in particular, the Raptors just seem to have more energy, more life. And again, second night of a back-to-back, I get it. But we don't have the luxury any longer of being able to use that as an excuse. They have to win the games they can win. This is going to be a missed opportunity when we look back on it. I hope that I'm wrong because I love being the optimistic Grizzlies guy. I've been the pessimist in the past. It's not as fun. But I got to be realistic with you, my dear listener, my dear viewer. I can't come on here and spew propaganda. This Toronto Raptors loss has me shook when it comes to Taylor Jenkins because for whatever reason, his players were not able to bring the juice until the final frame. That's a problem. That is a problem. You've got leadership in Marcus Smart. Nobody would deny that. You have the talent in terms of your top three players, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., all of which at varying points in the contest played at all-star levels or better. Jaron Jackson looked like an all-NBA player in the fourth quarter. It was there. 
And yet there were lazy transition defensive opportunities that led to easy buckets for the Raptors. And yet there were late offensive rebounds from Jacob Hurdle that really hurt this team immensely. Got to get bodies on people. Got to box out. Have team rebounding concepts. Get guys back in defensive sets. It wasn't there when the Grizzlies needed it. And that's not just on Marcus Smart. It's not just on Luke Kennard. At some point, Taylor Jenkins has to wear some of that blame as well. And that really shined through for me in the loss to the Raptors. But that game's done. It's in the past, right? Can't go back. Can't fix it. The Grizzlies have to look ahead. And as I mentioned a couple of times throughout the show so far, the schedule ahead for the Memphis Grizzlies is daunting. It's a pivotal stretch of the season. I would argue the season is on the line over the next two weeks. We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to shout out Locked On launching the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is also brought to you by FanDuel. Big fan of FanDuel. I'm sure you are as well at this point, or at least you should be. The NFL season is wrapping up, the regular season at least. And as the NBA season grinds forth with the playoffs approaching, you got to go try out FanDuel if you haven't done so yet. It is America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. The app is so easy to use. You got to check it out. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays, finding bets in the new explore tab. A lot of fun can be had there. And then making a parlay in the parlay hub, which is the very best way to find popular parlays. You can do all that and so much more with FanDuel. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Locked on Grizzlies, we will close out this episode taking a look at, for my money, the most important two weeks of the season approaching. Stick with us here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax flying solo on this episode of the show. DeMichael Cole, my wonderful co-host, not here with me, should be here on our next episode. And again, I'm sure he'll join me in previewing the games that are to come, especially the two this weekend with the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts about the Toronto Raptors. He listens to the show when he's not on it. Maybe he thinks I'm overreacting. Maybe he's with me on my criticisms of Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard and, and Taylor Jenkins that I've outlined earlier on in the program. We'll have to see what he says. We're going to close out this Thursday edition of the podcast with a look ahead, not just to the Phoenix Suns, not just to the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to look ahead to the next couple of weeks because Obviously, Martin Luther King Day is on the horizon, and that has been my demarcation point. That has been my line in the sand, if you've been following the show all season long. I'm usually calling me a Christmas, but because of the John Moran suspension, I said, eh, let's move it to MLK Day this year. I'm going to extend it even beyond that one game, okay? Because, again, from today, Thursday, January 4th, over the next two weeks, here is what the Memphis Grizzlies are looking at in terms of schedule. At the Los Angeles Lakers, at the Phoenix Suns, at the Dallas Mavericks. Those are the next three games for the Memphis Grizzlies. Those are all games that the Grizzlies will not be favored in. They'll be the underdog. Then they come home and they get a couple of days off, thank goodness. 
They play the Los Angeles Clippers on Friday, January 12th. Then it's another home-and-home back-to-back. This upcoming West Coast road trip, no back-to-backs. That's positive. Saturday, January 13th against the New York Knicks. Those are two current playoff teams. Teams very much in the postseason conversation. New York just got OG Ananobi. Jalen Brunson having a great season. Julius Randle having a hot run as well. Obviously, the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. Clippers have Kawhi Leonard. Phoenix has Kevin Durant, assuming he's healthy and can play. Devin Booker. The Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Hopefully, you're picking up the vibes here. On Martin Luther King Day itself, the Memphis Grizzlies welcome the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, into FedEx Forum. Very important game. Obviously, the result, you hope for a win, but the, the message of that day and the message of that game, especially in places like Memphis and Atlanta, matter far more than the game itself. But for the Grizzlies, as they continue to try to push for the play-in, not just the playoffs, playoffs, kid me, we're talking about the play-in, we're talking about the 10 seed. In order for them to get back into that conversation, that's a game they need to win over a team that has won an NBA championship or two in the past with Steph Curry, who, as long as he's healthy, will be on the court. Concerning. I'm concerned about it. You should be too. And then they get another couple of days off. Hooray. Get their legs back under them a little bit. Thursday, January 18th, two weeks from today, they close out this stretch with the Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Top five team. Top two team in the Western Conference. Lakers, Suns, Mavericks, all on the road. Clippers, Knicks, Golden State at home. Minnesota Timberwolves on the road to close out the next seven games. What would you have the Grizzlies going after seeing what they did to the Spurs? They beat the Spurs, but it was an ugly win, right? And then they lose the way they did to Toronto. Furious comeback in the fourth quarter that gets thwarted late. They're down 18 or so points going into the final frame, as I mentioned before. So you tell me, dear listener, dear viewer, you look at those seven games that are coming up, and DeMichael has talked about this a little bit. What record would you give the Memphis Grizzlies? Because what do they need to be to be serious about a play-in conversation? They need to be four and three. They need to be four and three, because after that seven-game stretch, they've got the Chicago Bulls, not nearly as daunting. They have the Toronto Raptors, not as daunting. Miami Heat, eh, can be, but hit or miss. The Orlando Magic, same thing. The Indiana Pacers, have great offensive wherewithal, terrible defensively. So after the seven-game stretch to come, there are five games after where, hey, maybe a four-and-one run can happen. Maybe. But you tell me, are you inspired to think that this team is going to go four-and-three against that run over the next two weeks? I'm not sure I am. I'm not sure I am. In order for them to do so, they have to play the best basketball of this season. They need John Morant to be John Morant. They need Desmond Bain to be Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. to be Jaron Jackson Jr. every single night. They need a heck of a lot more offensively from Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard. They need Zaire Williams to be a functional rotation player. They need Vince Williams Jr. to be healthy and out there on the floor, providing the length and defense and three-point shooting that he can provide. There's a lot of moving pieces. And they need Taylor Jenkins to figure out what this rotation is. Who he's going to invest in. Because while his job may not be on the line, and I think those calling for his job are a little bit ahead of the curve, not necessarily in a good way, I don't think we're quite there yet. 
they were the two seed the last two years, and there have been significant roster missing pieces. You have to keep that context. But it's also fair to point out his rotation woes. It's fair to point out how the offense gets stagnant, how they seem lifeless at times in transition defense, which is a place where they should thrive, how they have not embraced team rebounding and offensive rebounding in that way particularly. It hasn't happened when they desperately need it to because they don't have anybody else that can be that dominant rebounder without Steven Adams on the floor. All of that matters too. It's a lot of things and a lot of dudes and a lot of pieces that need to take a step up against a step up in competition. Now, what's a reason to be optimistic? Because I, I want to end this positively. I think this Grizzlies team plays up to competition. I think this Grizzlies team plays up when they see a LeBron James and an Anthony Davis across from them. Not always, right? The playoffs, I'm sure folks will point out. But there were times in that playoff series where we had some pretty impressive showings from the top three guys for the Memphis Grizzlies. You saw the significance of Luke Kanoan in that series. Maybe he gets hot against the Lakers out in Los Angeles. It's possible. Maybe it's not probable at this point, but in order for Memphis to make the run they're going to have to make to get back into this thing, a lot of improbable stuff is going to have to happen. It starts now because two weeks from now, hopefully it's to Michael and I, it might just be me, whatever the case might be, however it works out. You tune in to the next episode of Locked on Grizzlies on January 19th. It might be time to start the postmortem on the season if Memphis is not able to string some wins together against the literal best the NBA has to offer in terms of individual talent. That is what's ahead of them over the next couple of weeks. They have to rise to the challenge. We are entering the end game of the next several months of Memphis Grizzlies basketball. A lot of it comes down to these next seven games. And if you think I'm speaking in hyperbolic terms, okay, tell me why I'm wrong in the comments. The Grizzlies are currently, currently 11 and 23. They are roughly five or six games out of the 10 seed in the play. That's where they stand as of this moment. They have a lot of ground to make up against a lot of teams that are going to try to get better in the weeks ahead and have the assets and players to do it. That was one of my biggest takeaways from the Knicks and Raptors trade with OG and Anobi, the Grizzlies were in those conversations. The Grizzlies never could have pulled that trade off. They don't have the pieces. They don't have the players. That's a problem. How do they solve it? We'll have a better understanding of whether or not they're able to after the next two weeks play out. Thank you for checking out this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Friendly reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The next time we're here together on Locked On Grizzlies, it'll be a Friday edition of the show. Michael Cole will hopefully be back with me. The dynamic duo will ride once more, previewing a pretty significant weekend for the Memphis Grizzlies. And hopefully when we come back on Monday, we have some things to be sunshine and rainbows about. It may not be the case. Hopefully my uh, only one game favorite over the next seven 
doesn't hash out to matter and the Grizzlies go on a bit of a run, even with all the adversity and improbability of that facing them. But we'll, we'll continue that conversation and look ahead to a significant West Coast swing for the Grizzlies the next time we're together here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're liking, commenting, reviewing, rating, subscribing, wherever you get podcasts as well as on YouTube. Hopefully you're an everydayer by this point. You're subscribed. You're checking us out every time a new episode drops. But if not, hopefully you do that and you make myself and the Michael part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption moving forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times. I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe, stay happy and healthy wherever you're at. Make sure you're having a wonderful rest of your day. We'll catch you next time on Lockdown Grizzlies.